Paul prayed. Um, and just think about that for a moment. Paul prayed. Um, he had a great office, didn't he? His office was an apostle. He was a plenipotentiary uh, representative of Jesus Christ. Um, he wrote many of the epistles in the New Testament. He had the gift of being inspired by the Spirit of God. And he then displayed the signs of the Spirit, 2 Corinthians 12, 12. Signs and wonders and mighty works, the marks of a true apostle. So he had all those charismata. He had it, but he prayed. Think of his experience then. On the Damascus Road, he saw the glorified, risen, exalted Jesus Christ. Then later on, he was caught up to the third heaven. And he saw sights and heard words it wasn't lawful for him to share with anyone else. That was his experience. But he prayed. And then there was his success. The many, many people who were converted under his ministry. He went to Corinth by himself. And the work just spread. Were there 10,000 people in the Corinthian congregation? He says to them that they had 10,000. And then how do we translate that word? Teachers or 10,000 guardians or um, 10,000 exhorters? Huge congregation, all starting when he was told by the Lord, I have many people. Many people in that place. All that success that came to him. And yet he prayed. That was the first mark that showed he had been transformed. When uh, the man from the Damascus congregation was told, you recognize him because he's praying. And uh, then his letters Virtually all of them begin with recounting his praying for the churches at uh, Rome and at Corinth and Ephesus and Philippi and Colossae. He's a man full of prayer. And so here he tells us that he was praying constantly without ceasing, he says. He mentions you always. The two phrases, without ceasing, always showed the conviction he had about the importance, the centrality of prayer in his life. And there were incredible prayers that are recounted, for example, on a couple of occasions in the letter to the Ephesians. But here he's praying for something as simple as his journey, his travels. He wants to be able to get to Rome to see these people that he's not seen before, but he knows all about them. Why did he pray? Well, he prayed because among the means of grace that God uses 
are uh, firstly then the instruction from the Bible. Search the scriptures, Jesus says. How can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to the word of God? Do this, the word of God says. If you love me, keep my commandments. We are instructed from the Bible. And then there is the mysterious influence that one Christian has over another. Uh, as we meet with them and they talk to us and we see their lives. And there are those um, exhortations about corporate sanctification, about influencing one another, caring for one another, praying for one another, loving one another, forgiving one another, and so on. That's a means. You can't be a Lone Ranger Christian. You are baptized by the Spirit into a body. And then... So there's instruction from scripture is a means God uses. You've got to know the word of God and use the word of God. And then we've got to be able also to come under the influence of other gifted men. And then there's prayer. Um, Jesus says he wants men always to pray, always, and not to faint, not to give up. So... We're told we need help. You, you can't survive without God. Without me, you can do nothing. Without Father, without Son, without the Holy Spirit, you can do nothing. And nothing means nothing. So your priority is to grasp that and to make it a foundation for all your attitudes and for your future. Uh, the Beatitudes begin with, blessed are the poor in spirit, that we have no inward resources, no inward man that we can always look to and depend on. No, um, we have to look unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. You have the great parable that Jesus taught of the two men in the temple. And we are told the Pharisee prayed with himself. He spoke about himself. He recounted publicly um, all his great achievements. And then the tax collector, he, he prayed. He looked to the ground. He couldn't look up. What a wretched person he was. And his prayer was full of acknowledgement. God, I need your mercy. God, that's all. When there's nothing else for me to plead, all I can plead is for the mercy of God. And so Paul prayed. Although he had such an office, such experiences, such success, he prayed because he knew this was a means of, of grace. And then he tells us to pray. Um, he tells the Thessalonians pray without ceasing. That is, mix prayer with everything you do. As you begin the day, you commend it to God. And as you end the day, you thank God and you say sorry about some of the things I said and did. And keep short accounts in prayer with God. 
Spurgeon says, pray often and pray short prayers. He says, ah, there's a time for intercession too. So Paul prayed and he told us that we were to pray in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your request known to God. We've under apostolic authority from Jesus Christ via his apostle to obey that command. And then Paul asked limping, weak, new Christians and leaders of the church and everybody in the congregation to pray for him. Second uh, Thessalonians and the third chapter that it begins, you know, the familiar words, finally, brethren, pray for us. Um, although he had his office as an apostle, although he had seen the risen Christ and been caught up into heaven, although he was so successful in understanding the gospel and communicating it, yet um, he needed the help that the prayers of God's people can give to us. And uh, so we are doing just that. We are obeying an apostle and we are gathering, benefiting from the prayers of one another and encouraging them by one another's praying. And we commit this next 45 minutes to Almighty God that we will be bring glory to the great name of his son when he hears and answers our prayers.